Tulsa, happy Wednesday. It is another edition of the show here on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. I am Colby Daniels along with the 2023 Oklahoma Sportscaster of the Year, Jeremy Poplin. Scott File is on the other side of the glass in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. And we say hello to Dusty Dvorak joining us via the Blitz hotline. Dusty, happy Wednesday. What is going on today? Oh, not much, man. Uh, you put a smile on my face every time I get the old-fashioned woo. We give it in the morning, and you bring it in the afternoon. So, man, not much. Just uh, inching closer to uh, a Super Bowl. Can't wait for Sunday. Can't get here soon enough. Four days away from Super Bowl. Is it 58? My yes. my Roman numerals yes. aren't the best, but I'm pretty sure yes. XVIII is 58, correct? Uh, yes, I believe that's right. I I'm with you. Like when I see the Roman numerals, my brain scrambles. I'm like, <laughs> Oh no. Oh, what is this? Uh, but yes, I do believe this is super bowl 58. We did on our morning show yesterday. There were more of a college show. It's super bowl week. So everybody's a NFL and super bowl fan. We did, uh, a draft of our favorite memories from super bowl history. What? Well, not even our favorite, but like ones that resonate well, if yeah. I threw that at you, give me a couple that come top of mind. Super Bowl memory, Super Bowl moments that are right there at the top in Super Bowl history. Oh, man. I, well, I would have to start with Super Bowl 27 in the Rose Bowl. Cowboys over the Bills, 52-17. I mean, there were several iconic moments from that game. I, I think, like, Alvin Harper dunking the ball over the goalpost stands out to me in that game and, and just – you know, me being a kid thinking that was just the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Uh, that's that's probably one of the big ones. Um, Larry Brown intercepting Neil O'Donnell in Super Bowl 30 obviously stands out. And then I think it's time because there was yeah, yeah. there was a couple to choose the from. clincher, the clincher, yeah. probably the one that, that stands out the most. And then outside of obviously cowboy fandom, uh, you know, I would say the uh, the Ben Roethlisberger to Santonio Holmes. That was the top three over on the our Cardinals. List. Yep. Uh, would I mean, make it iconic, iconic shot right there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Tom Brady, or excuse me, Russell Wilson throwing the interception on the one yard line. Top five. Yes. Stands out Absolutely. to me. I don't know that it's a singular moment, but obviously the the twenty eight to three comeback by Tom Brady and the Falcons. I like. I don't know how you put that in one moment, but I think the biggest be... play in that one was the Julian Edelman catch. I think that's, okay. the, that, that's the okay. catch that, that stood out. That was not in ours, but yes, that is, is definitely one. David um, Tyree. That was my number one Okay, like, for, okay. for like Super Bowl moments or memories that play. Because if you remember Richard Seymour, he's got Tom Brady, he's got uh Tom Brady, sorry, Eli Manning in the grasp. And like, then he kind of just somehow gets out of it. And then he throws this prayer up and, you know, whether it was bubble gum, it was stick em, It was a combination of both how David Tyree caught that ball off his helmet and it was just insane. So that was, that was actually my number one play, like moment memory from a Super Bowl because of everything that was on the line. I mean, oh, yeah. chasing perfection, chasing the 72 dolphins. And I think the giants were 14 point underdogs. And in that moment, I, I thought Eli Manning was sacked. I thought they were toast. And for them to come up with that play, and then what, a few plays later, it's Plaxico Burris with the touchdown catch. But 
that play to me just really stands out and is one that I, I don't think I'll ever forget. Yeah, it's it's way up there. I'm uh, didn't John Elway have like a helicopter spin? That was that was one of mine. Okay, so we, we each had six. That was one of mine. I grew up a. Uh, I think I've told this to you about myself, but obviously I'm a massive Cowboys fan. But I was a huge John Elway fan, pigeon toes and all. And so I was. I always rooted for him, and and that was a, a huge moment. That was a tie game, third down late. Got to get it. No one's open. He's old as can be, yet still has enough mobility. <laughs> and it's funny because we talked about it. And I remember it being like, you know, we romanticize about the past. I remember it being like a, a three twisting, like a 360 helicopter. And if you go back and watch it, it was, wasn't quite that, but it was still a, a huge moment. So, yes, Packers and uh, Packers and Broncos. In that, because at that point, Elway didn't have a Super Bowl. That's right. That's right. And, and they beat the Falcons the next year for back to back. But that was when the owner afterward, I believe, that was the this one's for John, and that was a a huge moment late in that game. So yeah, Elway helicopter was on there for sure. Am I missing any that 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 uh... the one that the uh, yeah we I think um, between uh, Hartsock and I the um, he had to play Titans Rams. Uh, Dyson oh, getting tackled with the one. Of course, one. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, mean, I can't believe I forgot down that one. One yard, you know, it's a seven-point game in that moment. Uh, I think just seconds left on the clock, and he gets tackled right there at the one. So that was one that came to mind. I think uh, Vinatieri, that first field goal against the Rams, uh, Tom and New England's first uh, when the dynasty kind of kicked off. They were massive underdogs, greatest show on turf. I think that was one. Even though I don't remember it that well, it is pretty iconic. The Joe Montana 92-yard drive against the Bengals. Oh, yeah. Back that thrown yeah. in there. Um, you know, he goes into the huddle, and he tells the guys, hey, I think that's John Candy over there. Pretty famous little line. And then he hits John Taylor for a touchdown to win that game late. Uh, that made it ours. I had the Cowboys' first Super Bowl in Pasadena, as you mentioned. But my moment, even though it wasn't a – necessarily a positive one for the Cowboys is Leon let Don Beebe. Like that was just a moment. Like I'll never forget. Like yeah. I, re I remember now when you say Alvin Harper dunking, like, Oh, Oh yeah, yeah. that was pretty cool. Yeah. But there was something about that, you know, big cat Leon let and the fact that it didn't even matter. Like it, it was just like that to me, like still resonates. Like it was such a blowout. You can wipe a touchdown off the board and it didn't matter. So instead of 59-17, it was just 52-17. to 17. I think it just kind of speaks to how dominant the Cowboys were in that game and just how dominant that Cowboys team really was. We uh, we were, I think we brought up yesterday, it was the anniversary maybe of that Steelers-Seahawks Super Bowl, which yeah. was one of the worst Super Bowls Nobody ever, right? ever what talks a, or remembers what that. What a boring game. The play of the game was, wasn't it like Ben Roethlisberger – making a tackle after an interception or something like that and saving a touchdown. Like, wasn't that the play of the game? Awful. Was that the, that was the 05 season, 06 Super Bowl. I think that's right. Yeah. I was living in LA getting ready for the combine uh, and, and senior bowl at my agent's house. And I remember thinking, this is the worst Super Bowl I've ever seen in my life. Was that so Matt Hasselbeck, yes. Ben Roethlisberger? Uh, the, the one good thing that came from that Super Bowl for me was that I grew up a big Notre Dame fan, and I was a huge Jerome Bettis fan. 
and that did finally get the bus to Super Bowl. And if memory serves, I don't have it pulled up. That was in Detroit, which I believe That's he right. was from the greater Detroit area. Right. So it was a that pretty was, cool. That was the entire narrative yeah. that Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Even though he was, he, he had some, he had some good play down the stretch of that season. But by that point, his, his better football had was in the rearview mirror. But was fast that, Willie Parker the bat, the, the main back at that it, point? Or it, it was. How about that? I hadn't even thought about Willie Parker in a long, long time. That Steelers defense, if memory serves, was really, really good. Um, I think another play that we threw out there was since you mentioned Steelers, Steelers Cardinals. James Harrison, the 100-yard pick six right before halftime. That play, I I mean, you want to talk about – like Arizona's going in to go up two scores at halftime, and instead Pittsburgh has the lead with that pick six. That play was just bonkers. And that was obviously the same game as the one you referenced with Santonio Holmes and about as picturesque a catch in the back of the end zone as you'll ever see. So that game had a couple of different moments that really stick with you and kind of resonate. Didn't Devin Hester return the opening kick oh, against yeah. the the Colts? Oh yeah, I, I was there. I was <laughs> I was uh getting ready for the I was getting ready for the postgame celebration and the parade all in one. And then um then the rain came and so did Dominique Rhodes had a day that's that right game. That's they right. ran they ran what's called sprint draw which is one of the oldest draws in the history of football they ran it till the cows came home and we didn't have an answer and then we had a young rookie safety as part of my class and Devin Hester's class Danielle Manning uh, at Abilene Christian and we were we were supposed to be uh in cover two and he jumps in underneath route well he's the He's a half-field safety, and he jumps. I think it was Dallas Clark on like an underneath dig. He jumps at nobody's over the top, and it was, I believe, it was a, a, a Peyton Manning to Reggie Wayne walk-in touchdown. Yeah. Uh, Cedric Benson had a fumble that was really key. Do you remember uh, Bob Sanders oh, for yeah. the Colts? Yeah, he stroked Cedric Benson in the backfield. Ball comes out and. Yeah, it was all downhill. He was a defensive player of the year, wasn't he, Bob Sanders? I don't know if it was that season, but he was one year. At some point, yeah. Yeah. If he could have – he was former Iowa safety. If he could have stayed healthy, man, that dude, I love the way he played. He was a wrecking ball. Reckless abandon, (laughs) uh, as they say. But, yeah, that was – the coolest part about that Super Bowl that people probably remember was that you had Prince playing Purple Rain in the rain. Uh, It's a pretty cool, pretty cool moment that's lived on – and uh, Super Bowl lore. I'll mention one more. I could probably do this for the entire time. How that much we have fun today. is that though? When, when oh, yeah. I, I, it's kind of like when our producer threw it out, we're like, eh, okay, we'll do it. And then like we started doing it, it's like we were going for 30 minutes. And oh, it's yeah. Like, I could have done this for another yeah. hour. Tracy awesome. Porter intercepting Peyton Manning. Yeah. Well, see, one of the ones that I had was the onside kick. Okay. Yeah. The, the, uh, but Tracy Porter, that was the play that sealed the win for the Saints. But I thought, that onside kick by Sean Payton, maybe one of the gutsiest decisions in Super Bowl history, right? I mean, you're coming out of halftime. You're already down. Absolutely. you got Peyton Manning on the other side, and you're going to onside kick it, maybe give him a short field. And I remember Sean Payton had said after the game, like, we didn't think you – know, we thought we had to steal a possession or else we couldn't beat him. But you want to talk about rolling the dice and having some cojones and it paying off. That was a – Probably 
one of the all-time great decisions in Super Bowl history for the onside kick and then to get it was huge. It's kind of crazy that that Mahomes and the Chiefs are going for number three and there there really isn't like a signature moment, I guess, through their their Super Bowl wins to this point, is there? The Tyreek Hill play stands out. Um, you know, it's third, I believe it was third and long, and he hits Tyreek Hill, Mahomes hits Tyreek Hill down the field. Um, that play kind of stands out to me, but no, I mean, last year, the play that stands out the most is the Bradbury hold, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, you know, the penalty that uh, that kept the drive alive. There's a lot of scoring in last year's Super Bowl. I mean, it was just back and forth. No, I, I to your point, no, I don't. But there wasn't like think... the signature no. play that you'll no. you'll always think about when you think about that that Super Bowl, right? No, and and then what helped jog my memory? I'm trying to think. Tampa, Kansas City. All I can remember is Patrick oh, Mahomes getting bl- sacked. The bloodbath that was over and yeah. over. Like those the Tampa that, that offensive line was just overwhelmed. Shaq Barrett had a freaking career day in that ball game. So no, to to your point, it'll be his fourth Super Bowl. And I don't think he there's a signature moment that I can point to. One thing that I did see yesterday, Travis Kelsey in three Super Bowls. A touchdown in each Super Bowl and over 100 yards in each Super Bowl. Uh, and so I, I guess I'm expecting another big performance from from Travis Kelsey, who feels like at this point has cemented himself as the greatest pass-catching tight end in the history of the NFL. I, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't even know how you can make an argument at this point. When you start passing the great Jerry Rice yeah. in postseason records, I, I, like that's kind of a mic drop type of, of – uh, argument to decide any sort of of uh combative um point of view you might get in in regards to that what do you what what have you um thought like as far as people making predictions so far have you seen one side or the other like getting picked more i feel like i thought most people would take the niners i feel like that most people are taking the chiefs so I, far. I feel like to this point in the week i've experienced a pretty good mix which kind of the way you want it right I, I think you want maybe a lot of or at least it, it feeling like there's a, a good representation of, of both sides making an argument to to win it and and that's I mean that's generally when we get the best games you know when you have everybody piling onto one side I mean and not that it, it's it's not fun but I just think it, it gives more intrigue when there are that many people with big voices in this industry that that are saying both sides, you know, could equally get the W. I I love that the point spreads where it's at. It's like one point, yeah. one and a half. I mean, it, it just tells you, and it hasn't really moved. Like it opened there and it's pretty much stayed right there the entire time. So I think even people betting, and maybe that'll change before we get to, to kick off on, on Sunday late afternoon. But to this point, I think that you're going to get a good mix of people betting on the game on both sides and people picking the game on both sides, which just cross our fingers and and hope that holds true to form. I I do think it's going to be a low scoring game. Um, I I just, I look at these two defenses. I I respect this Kansas city defense so much. And even though I I think the personnel is better than what San Francisco's played at times this year, um, Steve Wilkes was actually on staff at Chicago when I was with the Bears. I like Steve a lot. Uh, he's a good coach, very likable guy. 
I haven't loved everything that I've seen that that defense has done this year, knowing just how talented they are. But but you know it's there. I, but that D line and linebackers alone, to me, they they should be playing on a different level. They haven't. I, I think yeah. it's in there, and I I just see a twenty four twenty one type of game. I just I don't expect. A, I'd be surprised if the game is played in the thirties. And I think for Kansas City, like they're fine playing that kind of game. You know, we think of them as a, a team. You know, leaning on Mahomes, going to throw it all over the place, like especially if they get a lead, I think they are more than content playing a more ball control, low scoring game where they're not taking a lot of chances and potentially putting the ball in harm's way. It's, it's the most complimentary brand of football that we've seen in this era of, of Patrick Mahomes chiefs football. And I, I love how ironic it is when you think about the, the Kyle Shanahan 49ers, since he got the job to where they are basically coming into this year. And, and the same thing for the chiefs, since Andy Reid got there in the Mahomes era, the Chiefs have been known for offense, yet you might argue the defense has been the better side of the football this year. And the 49ers have been known for defense, and yep. you could argue the offense has been the better side of the football this year. And especially if you look at the playoff run, and, and even if you want to go back to you know the, the end of the regular season, the Chiefs' defense has played significantly better than the 49ers' defense, yep. I think, down the stretch of the season. And look at the playoff matchups, right? I mean, the Packers had a lot of offensive success. Detroit obviously had a lot of offensive success. Nobody in the AFC has had much, if any, success against that Kansas City defense this postseason. And, and to your point, the offense has done just enough to get ahead on the scoreboard and then lean on the defense to really close the deal. 100%. Um, it's, it's fascinating because you kind of feel like these teams have had these certain identities and they've been able to find different ways to win, kind of go against the grain. And if, if the Niners offense has not been so much better than maybe they've been in recent years, they'd be bounced. I mean, even against green Bay, I thought green Bay moved the ball, uh, kind of up and down the field in that playoff game. And clearly there was a difference in the first and second half, but, in that first half, it was it was crazy to watch Detroit go through San Francisco like a hot knife through butter. Like we just have not been accustomed to seeing that the last three four years. I think it also speaks to D'Amico Ryan's pretty good. Like he's got good personnel, but I think we're seeing what he did at Houston and just how even though they're still a really good defense, they have taken a step back. I think you got to give D'Amico Ryan's a ton of credit for what he brought to that defensive meeting room and what he's what he's taken with him to Houston. We will hit a timeout. Dusty Dvorak joining us via the Blitz hotline along with Jeremy Poplin. I am Colby Daniels. This is the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app.